and thanks for watching or listening to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast episode 113. We're back after a short Easter break uh, this week with John Evans, as always, and a special guest this week, a, a serious prospect. As a lot of them seem to just come out of Bolton. Uh, I don't know why. We're, I don't know why every, every every prospect seems to come from Bolton that I speak to. Anyway, this it's is a guy that's sorry. It's in the water. <laughs> it's in the water. Yeah. Well, this, this Bolton prospect who's just signed with with Matchroom ten and zero super lightweight Kalel Majid. Thank you for joining us tonight, Kalel. Your first time on the podcast. Privileged to have you on. No, thank you to yourself and John for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, so. Uh, you know, you've, um, what should we say, been learning your trade on the, the small hall circuit. A few of us knew your name and seen you once or twice, and suddenly it's announced you're signing with Matchroom. How did that come about? Yeah, so I was in talks with a few promotional companies leading up to this last fight of mine. Um, but obviously, Matchroom was the right was the right fit for me to go, and obviously I got myself a new manager. And the opportunity was there, and it was just it's a no-brainer, to be honest with you. Matchroom is the biggest platform in the world. And it can, it's guaranteeing me what I need in my career. So it was, it was the right move for me to make. Yeah, go, going to someone like Matchroom with a new manager, Cleela, they've they've sought you out and look for you. It's good, isn't yeah. it? You know, you're not being thrown into the away corner having to prove yourself. You're not going to be put into a fifty-fifty on your debut, are you? And have to show that you're worth your place. It sounds like you're going to be built and made into what you could potentially become. No, to be to be honest with you, I think I've done my building on the small hall shows. So it's not about oh, I'm going to matchroom and carrying on building. I'm going to matchroom now as like um being a fighter that served my prince on the small hall shows. Now it's kicking right. on with my career now, trying to get under um trying to get to title contention now. That's the next step of my career. Oh, is, it, is that what you're gonna you're gonna pester them to really push you on quick? You you're yeah, not interested in having your profile built, you wanna go. Absolutely, yeah. So when can we expect to see you make a... Your matchroom debut and hopefully get win number eleven because, like a lot of boxers at the moment, I'm guessing Ramadan has meant you know has, has slowed yeah. this year a little bit because I think you're in the final days of that now. In another week or so, you, I'm guessing it'll be full on again training. Well, this is the final. This is the final week left of Ramadan. Um, I got offered me 27th at the Manchester Arena, the undercard of uh, sorry, who was it now? Lee Wood. Sorry, yeah, but it's only. Three weeks after Ramadan, and for a ten, eight or ten round fight, I'm not going to be ready in three weeks. So we're looking like we're looking like it's going to be July. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Looking so what forward would that to be an eight rounder, a ten rounder. So I I've got an eight rounder, and then I've got a ten rounder in September. So it's it's so once I get going, it's just constant activity, which is what I've been asking for. And then you'll be badgering them to get you out in December, I bet as well. Of course, yeah. That's what I, I want as many fights. If it's up to me, I fight every week. Yeah, if, yeah, if people have, if people listening to this have just seen um, Khalil Majid drop in their inbox on the Matchroom press release or seen something on Twitter, watch his last fight against Jamie Quinn because everybody will know Jamie. I know yeah. he's a little bit smaller, but everyone's familiar with how tough Jamie is. And just watch the job uh, Khalil does on him. He's really impressive and you get to see his style. Really good fighter to watch. Yeah, that's quite no, praise for you there, Khalil. John, John Evans John, sending people to watch you, mate, eh? Anyway, well, no, I'll tell you what, this is where you're going to earn your corn. Not that we pay any corn on this, Khalil. <laughs> uh, we're going to start um, our six rounds of chat now. Uh, what happens after uh, three minutes? John rings his bell and... The bell comes out. Yeah, so that. And this week, you're going to... I think 
you want to start a soft Kalel with round one, and it's well, there's only one place to start. It's what what's happening this week. Davis v Garcia, far away, Kalel. What's your opinions? You know, from when the when the fight was being admitted, when the fight was announced, sorry, I was thinking Javante Davis. But as it's gone on and on and on, I'm leaning toward Ryan Garcia. So my my prediction is Garcia to win. What 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 makes you say that? You said you a lot. I've been reading a lot of people suddenly changing. I think yeah. I saw a clip with Eddie Hearn last week, and he's changed. I think to Garcia. Well, it's a fifty-fifty fight. It's like I keep swaying, but I think this this final week I'm settling on uh, Ryan Garcia. I just think I just think he's maybe too big, too sharp, and I think the height and size might play a factor in this fight because Javante is quite short. But obviously, I know Javante's got the rehydration clause on his side, so but that that will play into Javante's favor. But I think this is Javante. From um, I've been watching the all access, you know, the training in between both training camps, and Javante is studying everything what Ryan's doing in even the training session. So you can tell they're both really up for, the, up for the fight. But I think Ryan just seems to have that little bit more confidence going into the fight. What's your opinion? Do you want to go first or me, John? Or... Right, well, I, I, I'm pretty much the same. I, as it's gone on, it's a sign of a good fight, isn't it? I've started thinking, oh, Garcia could cause him problems, you know, yeah. that size, that speed, that length. But no, I, I'm sticking with Tank. I think Tank's yeah. a, could really genuinely become a superstar. And I think he, he might have problems early because Garcia's quick and sharp and yeah. clever. But yeah. I just think Tank will work it out. I think Tank's had the... The tougher tests, he's been in with tougher people, and I just think he's got that X factor, Garcia. Uh, sorry, Tank, and that's why I'm picking Davis. You know what? It's going to be two one against you on this, Khalil. I'm going. I'm going for the Tank as well. You know, look, they're both at their peak or fast approaching it, so we'll call them at their peak. And it's a fight we've got to celebrate, isn't it? I've got a feeling Garcia's going to give him all the trouble in the world because he's mm. got that speed and everything. But I know they're playing down the rehydration clause. I think it comes into play. Garcia has left his chin out to dry a little bit at times. And I think yeah. late in that fight, Davis is going to find it around in a, around the 10th feet late in that fight and do him. But I think it's going to be... I'm really expecting something special. It's one of the few fights I will get up in the middle of the night for now. It's a genuine fight, yeah. Brilliant. And... I'm I'm big. I've been big on Davis since day one, and I'm not changing. Not for change. Not for turning now. Yeah, he's, well, he's... We'll, see, we'll see on Friday when they're both on the scales. There, eh? that's it. Yeah, we will. And then, we and, will. Then, and then I look on my WhatsApp on Sat Sunday morning with you saying, "I told you so." If Ryan <laughs> Garcia wins, yeah. Um... Round two. You always want to sort of carry on a little bit, John, from that. Yeah, it's a, a non-title fight, isn't it? It's patch weight even for, for some reason. One pound above a lightweight limit, uh, Garcia and Tank. And I'm just wondering if this might start a bit of a trend of big, big fights not having to have a world title on the line. It, not, being a, not being a fight, I'll never win a world title. It might surprise you that. Yeah, but it's very difficult to put myself in a fighter's position. Yeah. But I, I once we've achieved that world title goal, and you're into this stage where you're getting paid multi-millions, why do you want to be giving a percentage of your fee to these sanctioning bodies? You know, I, I'm just wondering if opinions might start changing. And once fighters have achieved that lifetime ambition of winning the title, doing what they wanted to be as a kid, 
whether the title belts might just get pushed to one side and start making these big catchweight fights. Well, I agree with you, John. I think every boxer who comes into the game, it's it's the dream to win a world title. But yeah. after you win the world title, the next kind of goal is secure, you know, financially secure yourself and your family. That's the next that's the next goal after a world title. So I think the big fights will happen after fighters win world titles and then they can meet in the middle on catch weights. And I was watching, I was reading something, I think, um, previously about Dillian White, who was getting annoyed with the WBC paying him a commission fee, yeah. even, even though he wasn't fighting for the world title. So, obviously, you know yourselves, a lot of politics what going to boxing, but this fight, is, is it? Is it, be, it is kind of bigger than a world title fight because the whole world's going to tune in in that kind of aspect. So, what's your opinion, Steve? I think it's a, a super fight. You know what? You know, John was saying, do we need these these titles these days? I think from what there was 20 years ago or so, I mean, I'm going back, you know, well before, you know, you was a, a baby, I'm going back to it. There wasn't such a demand from TV to have these titles. When you go yeah. back, I think, you know, you know, there was not, there was no bauble to the Gattian, uh, the Gatti Wall trilogy. You know, obviously there was other, you know, that they, fighters around. I mean, we had great heavyweight fights, famous heavyweight fight. I don't think Galotta Bow was for a belt. They're two no, fights. Mercer Lewis. And I just think a lot of the demands these days, a TV demanding a title to sell to the casuals. That that's yeah. my that I think I think that's the that's an issue as well. And it, it's great we haven't got it this weekend because it's a great fight. It doesn't need a title. Yeah, yeah. Look look Haney and Lomachenko are fighting for all the belts in a few yeah. weeks' time. Tank and Garcia is just as big. A, it's probably bigger fight. Bigger. It's getting yeah. more attention. More people are interested in it. And there's no titles on the line. Can you imagine if the two winners fight, though, for all the titles at one free? That's the ideal world, isn't it? All the titles, the best fighters. But it just seems impossible to do that. So, Wouldn't it be great, though, if these two had delivered something special the other this week and there was a close decision at the end, hopefully not controversy that everywhere yeah. everyone starts shouting to the rooftops about how wrong boxing is and hooky it is, you know, that someone wins late when they're trailing on points and we set up the rematch. I'd love it if this could become a trilogy because it is such a fight and that you do, it, it, it is appealing, I think, to a few people outside of boxing because of, you know, people have mentioned it to me who aren't boxing fans, and they know Garcia more than Tank because they're young people who are on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like it's like the. Oh, sorry, we finished the, the bell went off. He's serious with this, you know this bell. Yeah, yeah. No, anyway, no, no. round three. I tell you what, I was reading something today where George Foreman named Tyson Fury as his favorite active fighter, and I was thinking about this. I, I seem to change my mind on my favorite active fighters over the months. I might enjoy someone. Mum, mum, someone mum, must might put in a special performance, and I just wondered where you guys are at the moment. I, I'm just loving Anui. He is. He's been number one for me for for a good few months. Well, I cut about a year now, and I just think him and Stephen Fulton in July is just going to be something else. You know how rare is it? We got two fighters who are most probably both in the top ten pound for pound fighting. For us here, like those two, and Fulton's. I love Fulton as well. By the way, I remember when he was over as Carl Frampton's sparring partner, um, living in living by himself in a little flat in Worsley for a few weeks. Incredible. And my favourite British fighter, John, I know this, Liam Smith. So there's my favourites. 
you we're going to go to you, Khalil, first. Well, at the moment, since the second one, Liam Smith, I'm a big fan of Liam Smith. I like his, his inside work, the way he puts pressure on. I mean, if I wasn't a boxer, I'd love to scrap that Liam Smith if that makes sense. But um, yeah, his, since since he's been active in his career, he's just getting better and better. Considering the age he's at, he's just he's performing each fight. Um, and secondly, yeah, I'm going to go with in uh, in Ayu just because for such a short guy, the amount of power he has, he's just a beast, isn't he? Yeah. I just can't, I can't see anyone beating him. John, three out of three, in a way. Oh, I knew, I knew yeah. you would go, Liam. Yeah, in a way, been yeah, I, I, I love him, and you, you change, don't you? When you when I, you first start watching boxing, you like the wars and the sluggers, don't you? And I used to love Gatti, and then I went through a spell of loving Rigondo. I went over to watch Rigondo and his big fights. He drives you mad, York, but I love him. Yeah, yeah Donair and Loma and all, yeah, but he drives you mad. But now uh, in new way, he's got everything, and he's got that one shot. Snapping power. He can finish someone with one shot or he can outbox them. He's just great. In Britain, it's uh, the big three, isn't it? Scottney, Warrington and uh, Denzel, who was fantastic oh, on Saturday. They just, the three. Uh, Denzel, yeah. They, <laughs> oh, yeah, I Denzel, you should have. But what I will tell you, Khalil, you can never say a word against Denzel Bentley to John Evans. He cut you out <laughs> forever. But you know what? You go back to favourite fighters. One that's lasted for years. No one's ever... For 20 years, no one's ever taken over Holyfield as my favourite fighter of all time. I've loved him for about 30-odd years now. Who's your favourite of all time, Khalil? Uh, my favourite of all time is, well, Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. Brilliant. Right. What a light heavyweight. Light heavyweight. was near to okay. untouchable you'll ever see, I think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Whatever early light, it before he come the weight come back down and, and it's super yeah, middle. I, I was there the night you beat John Ruiz in Las Vegas. Was you there that night? Yeah. Didn't know you what was it like? that. Sorry, sorry, mate. What was it like, the atmosphere? Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's talked ourselves into the way in and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it was it was, it was great fun. Yeah, my hero, right? Round four. Um, Kalel, you're going to talk about Joe Cordina for us. Big chance for him this weekend. Yeah, I really like Joe Cordina. I think he's a... Uh, I'll speak to actually someone yesterday. I think he's an excellent boxer. Uh, so obviously it's a shame what happened that he got stripped from his world title injury, but I think he's got the tools in the bag to win uh, Rakimov on Saturday. Yeah. If there's any justice, he wins. Now I've always followed him. I never forget. Was it the 2016 Olympics he went to? Yeah, I think. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, 2016. Rio. I remember I was working for Boxing Monthly at the time, and about a month about a month before it. Um, we did a Q&A with Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn. Not together, because they've never I haven't ever met. But I asked them, Eddie and Frank, the same set of questions. I think someone else as well. And I asked Eddie of the British Olympic team, who will become the biggest superstar? And this is back in 2015. And he said Joe Cordina. Well, he was and, right, wasn't he? Yeah, and it, I just hope he can become because it, a, a big star, because it was criminal. Um, that they stripped him of his belt. And I think he beats Rakamov. It's not an easy fight. I still think, you know, John will have a, a say here. I still think Zilfa Barrett fell apart. It was a big help to Rakamov winning that fight. The way he alarmingly fell apart from about round six or seven. I think that was that was a, 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 a big reason for him winning that fight. Yeah, yeah but Zilfa had a few weeks training prior to that. Is that it did, if himself had a full camp, in my opinion, he was winning the fight. If yeah. he had a, maybe just a few more weeks training, I think he would have won the fight. 
Yeah. The result, result was brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was brilliant. And he showed the exact way to beat him. You know, fast hands, movement, variety, be aggressive. That's what Cardina is, isn't it? Exactly, Maybe yeah. Cardina's got more of that snapping one-punch power where he can really hurt Rakimov early as well before Rakimov gets into his rhythm. But yeah, but, I, I think Cardina will win. And yeah, he should never have been stripped. So fingers crossed he wins as well. I, I, I think I think he'll win in style myself. I think the, the knockout, I guess, the Japanese guy whose name escapes yeah, me. That was one there. of that was a brutal knockout. And I hope Zelfa shines on the undercard because I'm sure if Zelfa wins, there's only what the first defence I'm sure will be against Zelfa. Unless the IBF are throwing on some sort of mandatory. Well, that'd be a big fight in Britain, wouldn't it? Joe Massive. Cardino and uh, Zelfa Barrett would be a brilliant fight. Massive yeah, fight. Zelfa's proved, Zelfa's proven it would be a good fight as well now. You know, he, the way he yeah. performed against Rakimov, it's it's made it a big fight, hasn't it? And it's good promotion as well, putting him on the undercard. You know, making sure Zelfa's not forgotten. We'll talk that storyline up all week, won't we? And we'll be... We'll have Zelfa giving his thoughts on the fight. So, yeah, good bit of promotion. And if the two lads do the job, then we've got a real big fight for September, haven't we? Absolutely. Thanks a lot. John, Styles make fights. The juggernaut. Oh, yeah, God. Sad sad day on Saturday. I nearly wore a black armband today. <laughs> we love the juggernaut on this yeah. podcast. But he had an absolute nightmare, didn't he? There's no dressing it up. Um, he didn't know what to do with a southpaw. And as good no. as Zile Zang was, credit to him, because I thought he was really, really good. Um, Joyce never had a plan B, didn't know what to do to get out of the way of that left hand, and it just turned into an absolute disaster for him. Um, what an example of Styles making fights. Yeah. Orthodox fighters who throw shots, Joyce walks them down, gets them out, but he could not work out how to step to his left or use that jab properly or lead off with a straight right hand. It was just a horrendous style matchup. I just, I mean, obviously, Kalel is the important person here as a, as a boxer, but he'd only fought ever one southpaw before, and that was, I think that was a blowout of Lemroy Thomas. I'm sure that's the only southpaw he's faced. Um, but it looked to me in camp, who did he spar with? You know, what did they tell him in camp? That, 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 that's the question. <laughs> I want to know. That's why I'm asking you, Kalel, because, you know, you, you're in camps, you spar. Yeah. You... Well, the left hand couldn't miss him all night. He literally was just pinging him. All night, and then it didn't adjust. There was no plan B. Was, but I was reading some comments, and I think it was the lightest he's, he's weighed for some time for the last few fights, and then that could have took the snap out of his punches. I, I just read something. I'm not, not sure how true that is. Yeah, but yeah, it was too stone light, man. Yeah, he's a heavyweight, and he didn't adjust. Like I like George Joyce. I think he's a great fighter, but I think in the rematch, if they did have a rematch, obviously. He'll change the game plan and he'll beat him. I believe he actually will beat him, but it's just on the night he didn't perform and he just couldn't stay away from the southpaw left hand. You know what? I'm always reluctant and it's really unfair to write off a fighter um, after a feat. It's something that's done too easy and I, I don't want this yep. you think I'm being negative, especially you as a boxer, Kalel, because, you know, you, you've been in there. But I think I've said on this pod, what I always feared with Joe is... It's like hitting at the oak tree is the analogy I always use. You hit the oak tree long enough, you knock it down, and it never gets back up. And I've always had that fear about his career that when he has that first defeat, it um I think it's be hard for him to get that momentum back. And I really hope I'm wrong. And I I don't want to sound negative about someone who's been a brilliant amateur in that WSB, but it's been an amazing career. And I hope that don't that he that if Joe hears this, he doesn't take offense. It's just 
a fear I've always had with his career. I mean, Joe, he looks very one-dimensional, but he gets he gets the job done. Like now, he's had a, it could just be an off day, regardless, you know. But I'm sure, I'm more than sure that he'll come back and he'll, he'll rectify the loss. Yeah, you would you would expect so. And I tell you, what, if you put him in against an orthodox heavyweight out of the top ten, I'd still pick him to walk through the shots <laughs> at the moment and get to them and break them down. But that it was it was pretty bad. Was it, it was a bad night for Joe. John, do yeah. you, do, before we go on, John, do you think he wins the rematch, John, if they rematch oh, later? I, I the... wouldn't go anywhere near a rematch. No, but if he did, I wouldn't. But it, no. But what What else? I, I'm sorry, carry on. What, what, what do you think, what would you do if you were, I ask you both this, what would you do? I'll ask you first, John. What, what would you do for you next in your career if you were Joe Joyce? Uh, do you know what? I... Is it worth even having a confidence builder at his age and his style? No. You know, he's not going to reinvent the wheel, is he? I, I, I just think you can find you find the highest ranked opponent willing to fight him, um, and take him on and just keep going. But I, I think a rematch could be the end of his career. So I, I'd steer away from a rematch if at all possible, and just try and find the highest ranked opponent willing to fight Joyce. Would Would you go for the rematch then, Khalil? Because I think you sadly quite confident he could win it this time. Yeah, I think. Obviously, me talking as a boxer, I think mentally he'll want to overcome that loss, rectify the loss, and then he once he rectifies it, he can like push on with his career, especially with the age and stages at his career. It all the belts are kind of sewn up, so it's difficult which way he maneuvers. And yeah. considering the rematch clause, I think he'll have no choice but to go back to the rematch in order to to move on. Khalil, how, how big a turnaround would that be? You know, he's not just lost the split decision there. That was a pasting. Can you yeah. tell the people listening just how big a challenge it is sat from signing that contract for a rematch with someone who's well, you obviously have never been in that position. But yeah, of course. how difficult would that would that be? I mean, I can't really talk for George uh, for George Joyce, but as a boxer, I'm sure you know he'll, he'll be overthinking it. Where's he gone wrong? How we can put things right and. I think just as a boxer, you wouldn't want no one to think they have a beating over you, if that makes sense. So I think he might, he'll, yeah, most likely he'll make some changes and he'll go back to the rematch and win. I, I don't see why not. Obviously, it, it could be an off night. It just could be. All right, we're on to our sixth and final round. Um, I just want to talk about Moses Itamar, Moses the Mountain. Um, I just think, I'll tell you something, I'm not going to name the trainer because I was told this privately. Um, a trainer said to a good friend of mine the other week, I had a boxer in my gym the other week, a heavyweight boxer, and it's the best young boxer at any weight I've seen. So well, I had no idea he was talking about. He was talking about Moses Itamal. And that six-rounder against Constance, Constantine, was it Dovi Bishenko, will do him so much good. It's so much better than this getting these Argentinians in and knocking them over, the guys with tyres hanging over their belts. He will have taken so much from that fight the other night. And what I don't, what I just wish he would forget this, you know, obviously there's got to be hype. Boxers have to have hype around them. Hype's good in the sport for them. But I just wish he'd forget this idea of breaking this Mike Tyson record and becoming the youngest champion and just get on and just have great, you know, he's never, he's never had a senior amateur fight. He'd never fought without a head guard until a few months ago. Forget that and just get matched perfectly. And he uh, he can become a champion who reigns for a long time. 
I thought that was a superb fight for him the other night. And people who were going on moaning about the opponent, saying he was just an overweight cruiserweight, were talking absolute nonsense. That fight did him so much good the other night. He injured his left hand. You know, he knows what it's like to face a bit of pain in the fight. I'm still so excited about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Go on, Sorry, sorry, you go first, sorry. No, 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 go on. I mean, he's only 18, so I know he's trying to become like, he's trying to beat Mike Tyson's record in order to become a world champion. But Mike Tyson was a special breed. Whereas this uh, Moses is very good. I think he's medaled at every amateur tournament. every juniors, yeah. Yeah, every juniors. But I think as a pro, especially heavyweights, they usually tend to develop a lot later on in this era. Uh, But... From what from what I've seen, I'm, I like what I'm seeing. He seems mature, seems like his head screwed on, and he's getting the results and he's blowing out people. But these six rounds he's done will pay him benefit down the line because as a, when you're challenging for titles, you know you, you might you might go the distance. You never done the distance, so you don't know how you're going to react in, uh, in down the line in the rounds. You might get tired. You don't know how you're going to feel until you, so like these six rounds now, what he's done is going to help him for the future. Ty- Tyson was a a man, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. When he was that age, Moses isn't yet. But the thing no. I liked about him was a heavyweight who goes to the body. You know, he's a very straight very... from the op- from, yeah from the opening round. He the guy was clammed up and he was touching him to a body and they're stepping around the angles of the uppercuts. And he he's got a bit of everything, hasn't he? He's so light on his feet. He moves like a light heavyweight. So yeah, yeah he, and some of it we all have aspiring stories, don't we? From what Moses has been doing in the gym with some world class fighters. So, uh, yeah, sensational talent, sensational. And seems like, a, like you said, Khalil, seems like a real good lad as well. You know, yeah, he's a definitely. good talker. He's confident in himself. He's got everything. And, yeah, fingers crossed we don't rush him into something because he could be a bit of a superstar. Yeah. I mean, I, as I know it's got to become, it's got to be, there's all, you know, as a young fighter yourself, Khalil, and I'm sure you're going to find this now, there always has to be an angle for these fighters to sell to the public. And I get that totally. It's just that, I just, you know, maybe because I'm a lot older that I'm, I'm, you know, you can call me a dinosaur, whatever you like, what you want. I just find in, in this generation, this current climate of social media, boxers get this, he's going to break this Tyson record. People remember it and stick to it. And when they don't, they bury them. And it, it, yeah. I just, it's just that side, that side of it that worries me for him because this, you know, these people stick to every word. Everything you've said or was predicted now, is documented and you know you could say something now two years ago you know there'll be a quote from him now i want to beat mike tyson's record and when he's only british champion in two and a half years people will be digging it out calling him a wally it's the cruel side of what life is at the moment yeah yeah crazy thing is he's probably 15 years away from his peak as a heavyweight yeah you know 32, 33 is a heavyweight peak, isn't it? He's, he's 18 years old. But you know Long what? The, the money he's earning at 18, I mean, I'll ask you again, Khalil, this fall before we go. If you had, you was, for 15 years, you, you, the money he's already on, the money he yeah. could have by the time he's 33, how would you keep your motivation? If you had, if you had, if you had 30 million in the bank, how would you keep your motivation to box? I wouldn't have gone. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. You, know you, you wouldn't know until you're in that position. Yeah. You know what? I never made a quote Lennox Lewis said. Lewis, when I was on the newspapers, Lennox Lewis used to have these sit-arounds before his fights in his hotel and that with 
And one night we were just chatting and um, about, and he was chatting about the money and, you know, and he said to me, and he didn't say how much he's got, he said, but what he was saying, if you had, he said, if you had 50 million in the bank, you'd want 51 million. Yeah. You're always chasing, aren't you? Yeah. Well, fellas, that's flown by tonight. Hello, it's really kind of you to come on, especially we recorded this in Ramadan just before uh, it's time for you to go and uh, break your fast. It's been very good of you to join us tonight. John, great to have you as always, and I'll catch you next week. Kalel, thanks very much more than anyone for coming on tonight, and thanks everyone who's watching or listening, and you can leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, whatever. Thank you very much. Info, news and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions, also Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.